Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This your 950 KJR Sports Headlines. All righty, boys and girls, here we go. Headlines on a Thursday afternoon live from the Central Barn Restaurant in Bellevue. Of course, are brought to you by our friends at VenueKings.com. Oh, come on, man. Oh, my God. You're looking for tickets for the Kraken Oilers on Saturday, are you? Well, VenueKings.com can take care of you. Be sure and use code Softy at checkout for a little bit of a discount. Speaking of the Kraken, a 3-1 loss to Anaheim last night. The boys are now 10-16-3, and, and they got the Edmonton Oilers in town next on Saturday. By the way, Edmonton. How about this? Since losing to the Kraken 13 days ago, they've lost six in a row. Wow. And they're coming here we, on Saturday we night. We broke them. We broke Dave Tippett and Connor <laughs> McDavid. How about that? Uh, the Hawks have put Tyler Lockett and Alex Collins on the reserve COVID list. They need two negative tests before game time for them to play. The Chargers hosting the Chiefs tonight right here on 950 KJR at 520. Austin Eckler scheduled to play despite okay. aggravating his ankle. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Hey, whoa, Sorry, my fault. Hey, That's a premature button. Go ahead. I'm, I'm taking pills <laughs> for right. it. Go I'm for sorry. Go ahead. Uh, Jags have fired head coach Urban Meyer oh, less wow. than a year hey. into his five-year contract. And look who gets to be the interim head coach, our good friend Daryl Bevel. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. He was the interim head coach for the Lions last year, too. Right. Now he's the interim guy for maybe he'll get a full-time job one of these days. Uh, what else we got? Baker Mayfield has COVID, so he may not play this weekend against the Raiders. And guess who else has COVID in Cleveland? Have you Ugh. heard this story? His backup quarterback, Case Keenum. And the coach. That mean, Really? <laughs> yes, Tavansky, too. Everyone's got COVID now. Do you have COVID? I hope not. Well, I might have COVID. Who knows? Uh, Lamar Jackson, a game-time decision Sunday as the Ravens host the Packers, but they did pick him an extra quarterback, so it's not looking good for hey. LJ. Uh, NBA, Isaiah Thomas, a day after dropping 42 in his G League debut, has signed a contract with the L.A. Lakers. Nice. Zeke is back in the NBA. Nice. He's uh, played three games with the Pelicans last year in New Orleans. And here we go. And now, two goofy, wacko, out-of-touch homers. Just brutal radio. Just horrible. Live. 41 yards. From Elliott Bay. Can you feel it now? Hey, Seattle. This is Softy and Dick. All right, we are back at the Central Bar and Restaurant in Bellevue. Big crowd here tonight. Uh, I would like to say they're here for us, but that would be a flat-out lie. That would not even be close to the truth. Okay. Fire! Everyone here is getting ready for Snowflake Lane. That's at right. Like Six o'clock tonight. I did that already. Bellevue I've Way. Checked it man. off my list this year. Yeah, but don't don't swallow the snowflakes because they make you sick. Do you ever, you you ever have that like happen? Soap. Yeah, they? but it's like dogs eating chocolate. The more of those soapy uh, snowflakes you eat, the worse you feel. Really? Right? Oh yeah. I don't, don't think do I've it. ever eaten them. Nah, so it's not I a good idea. I haven't experienced that. Yet. Not a good idea. You come here to the Central. You have a couple of cocktails. You go outside. You think it's snow, and you stick your tongue out. And all of a sudden, you're sucking on some snow that tastes like soap. It's brutal, my man. Wife, my wife said to me after we were done, she's like, you know, might be the last year we do this. Yeah, look out for you that. You know, the kids look are kids that. are getting older. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it's not as quaint as it was when they were seven and four. You know? No doubt. Well, it's still a good time here at the Central Bar. We're hanging out until 520 before the Chiefs and Chargers. Uh, lots of stuff to get to. Good day to have Mike Holmgren on the air. Great day to have Rick Neuheisel on the air. We get Rick's take on the Michael Penix Jr. Yep. story from Indiana. Urban Meyer fired late last night. I went to bed early last night and didn't even see that story until I woke up this morning. And he goes 2-11 and as the coach of the 
Jaguars, and you and I were kind of having some fun talking off the air about, like I saw Nicole Arbach was tweeting today, I can't wait for the next idiot to hire this guy and justify why he's on the job. Well, if it ends up being a college football program, there's a really good chance that they're going to do really well with Urban Meyer as their head coach because all the guy does at this level is win. Urban Meyer at Utah, Bowling Green, Florida, and Ohio State is 187-32. and So we can sit around all day long and talk about, hey, if you've got any morals, you shouldn't hire Urban Meyer. But whoever hires Urban Meyer, if they do hire Urban Meyer, especially if it's at the college level, is going to win eventually with him. So I asked you off the air, would you hire Urban to coach your favorite college football team? You said no. Ian said no. And look, here's the story, man. You hire the guy, you're going to take a tremendous amount of crap, right? Right away when you hire Urban Meyer, you're going to get crap flipped your way from every segment of society. But come November 1st, when you're 9-0 and you're ranked number two in the country, I'm not sure if anybody at that point gives a damn. That's probably true, but I'm just looking at this rap sheet on yeah, Urban tell me. Meyer tell me his rap sheet. February to December. Mm-hmm. First of all, February 11th, he or, or he hires three weeks after he gets hired. He hires Chris Dole as director of sports performance, who resigns 48 hours later after backlash stemming from former players speaking out against him because he was the one accused of racism and bullying with Iowa. He then sized Tim Tebow as a tight end for a publicity stunt. He then is fined three hundred thousand dollars for uh, contact, basically the same thing that Pete Carroll was fined for, right? Or the right. Seahawks were fined right. for too right. much uh, contact during uh, OTAs. Okay, not then, a big deal, but whatever. Yeah, All right. and and then obviously he doesn't ride home after Thursday night football with his team and uh, is in a bar instead with twenty-five-year-old women. And pictures plastered all over them, <laughs> all over there. And then last week, he calls all his assistant coaches losers, and they should be winners like he is. Wow. And then he ends up uh, <laughs> kicking Josh Lambeau uh, back in August. He is uh, Josh Lambeau says he kicks him and says, basically, I can kick you whenever the bleep I want because I'm your head yeah. coach. So, I, I mean, he's just a complete okay. and utter ass. Define kick. <laughs> like, define. Like, what are well, we did, talking Lambeau about Lambeau did. Here? Lambeau defined it. Well, what, what, said, what was it? He said, Dumb no. He said, he didn't kick me as hard as he could. On a scale of 1 to 10, it was okay. a 5. Okay. That's what he said. Okay. So it wasn't yeah. like a playful yeah. tap, yeah. but it wasn't a now, 50-yard field goal boot either. I got you. Is there a chance that you could see video of Urban Meyer kicking Josh Lambeau and say, eh, it's not just the kicking, it's not the big, uh, you know, bringing Tim Tebow in, it's not the getting fined for going too hard in OTAs, it's everything else around it, right? right. Like the entire right. menu of indiscretion. So, alright, well, listen, just for shiggles and gits. Let's ask Rick. I, well, I just put a poll out on Twitter. <laughs> alright, asking people, would you want your favorite college football team to hire Urban Meyer? We'll ask Rick Muehlheisel right now, courtesy of Taco Time. Your home for college football Saturdays is live with CBS Sports Analyst Rick Neuheisel. Powered by Taco Time. Hungry? At Taco Time, it's easy to create exactly what you're craving. And we wouldn't have it any other way. How do you Taco Time? Customize your meal and order ahead on the Taco Time Northwest app. Taco Time. Time for something different. Now with Rick Neuheisel, here's Softy and Dick. All right, here he is with us every Thursday, courtesy of our friends over at Taco Time. To get your favorite Taco Time menu items right now, uh, jump on the web and hit the order ahead button at Taco Time and W.com. But we are back here live at the Central Barn Restaurant in Bellevue. And here he is, the big star from CBS. I saw him on the field in New York at MetLife Stadium during the Army Navy game. That was a great football game. Oh, 
over the weekend. We can talk about that in a second because Diego Fagel may be the most aware player in the history of college football, man. That was incredible. But Rick Neuheisel back with us. How are you, man? I am wonderful, and you are right about Diego Fagel. For those who don't know, he caught a snap that was not intended to go to him on fourth and one and reacted accordingly and got the first down, kept the uh, Navy drive alive, a drive that eclipsed eight minutes and 57 seconds off the clock, led to a field goal, and ended up being uh, the deciding play of the game, really a a star player. And the other thing to know about Diego Fagot, I talked to two NFL scouts that were on the sideline before the game that both think he's going to play in the NFL. So uh, kind of a cool cool kid and, uh, and a cool story. He had less reaction time than when a catcher gets crossed up by a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. I mean, that was, that was truly remarkable. It looked – he caught it so easy and got, the, and got the first down. I mean, I think everybody assumed, including myself, that it was a called play. Yeah. Kenny Niamatololo says, sometimes you got to get lucky. Well, that was a good time because that special teams coach would have had his tail fired <laughs> given, given the way the Navy season had gone and to give up a huge play like that at that point in the game, it, it just, it was a very, very fortunate deal for Navy and for all the, uh, all yep. the Navy fans out there. What a great way to end the season. Well, it's always an awesome spectacle, man. I'm glad that you were there to see it in person. But speaking of a spectacle, on the other end of the spectacle spectrum is the circus, the negative circus, and that's what's going on right now with Urban Meyer. Obviously a guy that's won titles. He's won Rose Bowls. He's 187-32, and but he's now flamed out after 13 games in the NFL with Jacksonville. Do you think anybody in college football will give this guy a shot? You never say never. Uh, You know, I I think the things that have happened to Urban are uh, the kind of things that he can recover from. But for just for him, he needs some time away. He needs to really reevaluate what the heck he's trying to do. I know he tried to take his same formula to the NFL. And as we know, you're dealing with grown men, guys who make their own money. And that league isn't about the ego of the head coach as it is maybe in the uh, college ranks, or at least as it was for him in the college ranks. And it just wasn't going to work. And he made some terrible decisions. The hiring of Chris Doyle was a t- was never going to work. He tried to do it just because it was him. He's the head coach. He gets to make the calls, and he found out quickly that isn't the case. He found out quickly when he challenged his players, uh, in, or excuse me, his coaches, and you know their character and whether their ability to win. Uh, that doesn't going to work. That's going to get to the media and the kicking of a kicker. Obviously, the uh, the barstool boogie in uh, in his hometown of Ohio after the Cincinnati Bengal loss didn't go over well either. It's just a lot of things that ended up becoming he was too much the story. And, and in the NFL, you shouldn't be. It's a player's game. And uh, so it, he needs to, to rest, figure out what he wants to do next. I don't remember Urban being like this for the last 20 years. I mean, he was criticized later on because these Florida guy, a lot of the Florida guys got arrested, got in trouble. But, you know, well, other than that, I remember, don't remember a lot Dick, from the last 20 years. Remember the Zach Smith stuff at Ohio State? Yes. Yeah, the I coach, mean, the assistant coach. He basically coach wife. said, oh, I don't yeah. have to tell anybody anything. Right. Yeah. And he completely lost the media. The media, And then he stood there and had to – take the penalty that was met out. You know, Ohio State suspended him for three games, and he looked like he was so mad at everybody, like he'd been let down. Don't you know I'm the king? 
And uh, those that's the way his career ended. And then to get this chance to go to the NFL and have the, you know, a guy like Trevor Lawrence to start with, what he should have looked at and said, what did Peyton Manning go in his first year? He went 3-13. and mm-hmm. Troy Aikman was on a terrible team in his first year. This is a year to build things and to not get caught up in, you know, whether or not your ego is being scratched because you're losing some games. You were going to lose some games. It's about building for the future. And, and yeah. you know, again, he has to take a step back and realize it's not about me. But I think Dick's point is well taken because everything we're talking about is towards the tail end of his career at Ohio State. Yeah. You know, Utah, nothing. Yeah. Bowling Green, nothing. Florida, nothing. He walked away with some health problems, comes back to the Buckeyes, and for the first five or six years, it's all gravy. And then, boom, everything just kind of fell apart. <laughs> so what the well, hell? Is it about health it's or amazing, what? It's, it's, it's amazing what happens when you get the best players. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. It's hey, by the way, uh, by the way, speaking of that, Rick, I want to ask you about Quinn Ewers, who, uh, ironically enough, was at Ohio State and left Ohio right. State, and now he's going to go play for Steve Sarkeesian in Texas. How big is that for Sark, man? Well, it's a huge deal for Sark, but it's a bigger deal for college football because you got to remember, this is a guy who basically reclassified in Texas, which means he gave up his senior year of high school. Because Texas didn't allow for high school athletes to uh, profit from name, image, and likeness. There's a state law that prohibits it. So he left the state, uh, decided to go to uh, Ohio State, got a big deal, you know, north of seven figures for a kombucha deal. If I mispronounced it, forgive me. I need to start drinking more health drinks. Uh, but, but he now, having, after having handed off a couple times, I think he played three or four plays in the Michigan State game, he now is going back to Texas with a big load of money being offered him. And this is where college football is right now. There's no guardrails on you know paying players to come. We saw a nonprofit organization out of Texas offer 50000 per offensive lineman, up to 16 of them uh, for Texas. They get, there's $800,000 going to be afforded to offensive line guys. So the fourth-string guard on the uh, Texas Longhorns next year is going to make 50 grand just for being on the team. This was not what was intended. It'll be interesting to see how we uh, stop the bleeding if, in fact, we want to or just want to let a free market decide uh, what's the appropriate way to go forward with name, image, and likeness. To me, it was about Zion Williamson, the special players getting what they deserve because, you know, their names are on the back of jerseys that schools are selling. It wasn't about telling... BYU walk-ons, you're all, all your your fees are going to get paid you're, we're just because we can. I mean, think about what the implications are for Title IX if we can start paying for every kid to go to school so there are no scholarships. And that takes 85 scholarships away from uh, the female side of things. So th- this has some implications long-term. Speaking of transfer quarterbacks, we kind of figured Kalen DeBoer would go that direction. He has. What yeah. do you know about Michael <laughs> Penix Jr., Rick? Well, we all saw him stretch out better than the guy for uh, Oklahoma State yeah, uh, right. just recently in the in the uh, Big 12 championship. <laughs> uh, Michael Penix stretched out and got that two-point conversion against Penn State to uh, open the season a year ago in the uh, pandemic year. Michael Penix is a wonderful kid. He was a high, his mid-60% passer when Kalen DeBoer was his, uh, was his quarterback coach. He was uh, outstanding in that season. Uh now he gets reunited with Kalen DeBoer, and, and after when DeBoer left, he was less than a, a 60% passer. So DeBoer has a great relationship with him. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Sam Heward with, Kay, with this move. Yeah. Hopefully Sam will stay and compete, and, and we'll find out who the best is. 
and hopefully Kalen will let the best play. Uh, I'm sure that will be the plan. But uh, it, it's it's a reuniting of a coach and a quarterback. Listen, Blake Anderson from uh, left Arkansas State, went to Utah State, won the Mountain West in his first year there, brought Logan Bonner with him from Utah State as his quarterback. We're going to see a lot of this. Don't be surprised if Caleb Williams in a little bit after the bowl game might end up at USC with his old uh, coach. This, this is, you know, part and parcel. And this Deion Sanders thing, getting the top recruit in the country uh, at Jackson, yep. don't be surprised if Deion and, and Travis Hunter don't end yep. up at Florida State as a package deal. No, no doubt. And how about that, man? How about there's a story about Barstool. I guess Jackson, our producer, says that uh, Jackson State has shot it down, that Barstool paid this guy a million five to go play football at Jackson State. And I saw somebody tweet, well, you know, why didn't Florida State just step up? Well, because Barstool's paying for it. And Travis Hunter going to Florida State is not a story. Travis Hunter going to Jackson State is a story that could be something pretty cool for Barstool. So do you think this kid went there because of Barstool or to play for primetime? And will this start a wave of top recruits going to historically black schools? I think we're all better off with giving the kid the benefit of the doubt and say, you know, he went there because Deion Sanders, who's, you know, a persuasive guy, with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Said you can make a difference. You can make a change. You can change the paradigm about black, uh, predominantly black schools. And you can come here and say, hey, the great ones can go here. There's been a ton of Hall of Famers, you know, Jerry Rice at the top of the list that are from these universities. And for Travis Hunter to say, that's where I want to go. That's what I want to do. Yeah. I'm not going to look him in the eyes and say you did it for something else. I think it's, it's neat that he chose that if, in fact, that is exactly what he did. I do think that Deion Sanders is going to be a Power 5 head coach. And I think it's going to happen sooner than later. And it wouldn't surprise me, given the ire that Florida State fans yeah. have, that Mike Norvell didn't finish this job and get Travis Hunter there who, when he was committed for so long. Right. I think that there's a lot of part of me that says, you know what, Florida State and, and Prime might be uh, – getting together here sooner than later. So, so Travis Hunter ends up at Florida State anyway. Right. <laughs> just, exactly. just a year or two later, Rick Neuheisel joining us. The Oregon optimists would say, hey, we just got Mario Cristobal Part 2. We're going to go to Fiesta Bowls and Rose Bowls over the next four years with Dan Lanning. The skeptics would say, you're just proving that you're a stepping stone job once again by hiring a guy with no Oregon ties, no West Coast ties. What do you think of the hire? I think you've hit the absolute out of the park with that assessment. It's it, We have to wait and see. I think Dan Lanning is everything that you just said. I think he's a great recruiter. He did a marvelous job everywhere he's been. He's a young guy full of energy. But we said all that about Cristobal. Now, where is, is how long is it going to take for he and his staff to be kings on the West Coast? Again, these are relationships. These high school coaches don't just immediately become best friends as they are with guys who move in the circles of the West Coast in, in this particular region of recruiting. 
And can you keep these guys, these kids home? I think you're going to be able to do a much better job of keeping kids home in the next two to three years because I think the college football playoff is going to expand. And with that being said, you don't have to go across the country to be in the college football playoff. With that being said, you now have the opportunity to stay in these schools that are closer to home. Mom and dad can be part of the scene more often. And when that happens, is Van Lanning going to stay at Oregon or is he going to go for the Auburn job? Should it open if Brian Harson doesn't, you know, his culture never takes hold? Is he going to go for, uh, you know, a job because, uh, you know, somebody moves on to the NFL? Who, who knows who's the next domino to fall in the uh, – in the SEC, you know, Sam Pittman's trying to get, you know, monster money now. He was just happy to be a head coach, and then he hired Jimmy Sexton. Now he's almost in holdout mode. Who knows what's going to go on yeah. there? But yeah. Dan Lanning, I think Oregon should have been thinking more about longevity rather than just the quick hit. Jimmy Sexton's got everybody, man. That's Jimmy Lake's agent, by the way, too. He's got every coach in college football. It's crazy. But I hey. saw Jimmy Lake the other night. I saw Jimmy Lake really? the other night. Where was, was that? Yeah, he was here in Arizona. We were oh. at the uh, Arizona Cardinal. Uh, his son goes to Arizona State. So right. uh, he and his son were at the game, and uh, he was uh, watching the Rams and the Cardinals. Well, he was watching Buda Baker and Byron Murphy and Taylor Rapp. That's what he was That's doing right. for the Ram Cardinal game on there Monday you- night. Where do you think he ends up, by the way? You know, I asked him. He's really hoping that he can get on in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It was his plan. Yep. Gotcha. Well, listen, uh, let's get to it. And we need a winner out of you, big boy. You had Army last week. That didn't come to fruition. <laughs> no, what we're the do. Black Knights shot us and right in the toes. Yeah. All right, but here's you know what, what we're going to do. No, no, no. Hang on. Hang on. Because I'm going to ride the dip hard. I am riding the dip You're big time. You're doubling down? You have lost two in a row, and you ain't losing three in a row, right? right? This is like if the Cougars were the opposite side, they don't win the Apple Cup three <laughs> times ever. All right? So you're not losing three straight. I'm going to make this easy. I'm going to go with a, you know what I want? I want tortillas and cheese. Give me a kid's chicken quesadilla. And I want the whole thing. I want like three like of them, it. actually. So let's get back on track. Are you, you going with a monster cherry Coke like Dick does, too? Yeah. No, I'm going to go with a monster that? diet 7-Up like Dick does. That's <laughs> what I'm going to do. 7-Up <laughs> <laughs> right. zero. Taco right. time <laughs> pick of the week is what? What do you got? We got two games tomorrow and then six on Saturday. But we're going to go with a game tomorrow, okay? The Cure Bowl features Northern Illinois against Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina were the darlings of college football a year ago. And the reason they wore, they had this youngster by the name of Grayson McCall who wears a mullet, much like his coach, Jamie Chadwell. I think Coastal Carolina, they're much closer to Orlando than Northern Illinois. Thomas Hammock was outstanding as the head coach at uh, Northern Illinois. But I think the run ends. I'm on the Chanticleers to get it done against the Huskies of Northern Illinois. And that game is tomorrow, is that right? Tomorrow. Tomorrow morning, right? You tell me there's there's a bowl called the Cure Bowl. Being played on Friday. They yeah. are yeah. they are idiots if they don't play Friday, I'm in love by the cure. <laughs> you remember the cure? You're old enough to remember, I do remember the, cure. the cure. But to say that I do remember a song that the cure played, oh. I would be lying to you. All right, man. All right, listen, I great would stuff. recognize it if I heard it. Yeah, you but, would. Uh, you would am, for sure. I am I'm us- going with uh, I'm going with the Chanticleers. One because it's where Dustin Johnson went to school, two because Ooh. they won a national championship in college baseball, and three because Chanticleers is fun to say.
You yeah. just gave us a reason to Very watch funny. a crappy bowl game on a no Friday idea. morning. I love it. Rich. I never even heard of the game. It's a crappy bowl it. game, Dick. There's no such thing. <laughs> wow. Well, for, for viewers, there is. All right, man. Listen, great stuff. We'll talk in a week. We'll, let's do one more show before the holidays, all right? Thanks, Rick. Can't wait, bud. Talk See to you, you man. soon. All right, you it's bet. Rick Neuheisel, you got it. Happy holidays to you as well. We'll have him on the air with us uh, next Thursday. You're going to be out next Thursday, yeah. but uh, Rick will be with us next week, and we'll talk more about the Final Four. He's got Coastal Carolina versus NIU in the Cure Bowl, and I will be honest with you, I had no idea the Cure Bowl was even a thing until about two minutes ago. We'll get a break. Live from the Central Barn Restaurant in Bellevue, Softy and Dick hanging out until 520 before the Chiefs and Charges coming up on Night 50 KJR. Radio and podcast you'll love. Now back to Softy and Dick on your home for the 12th man in the NFL. Seattle Sports Radio 950, KJR, and free on the iHeartRadio app. So news from the NFL, and this is pertinent to the uh, Seahawks and Rams on Sunday. By the way, you know I've got like factor fiction-itis in my brain because I just looked down at my phone. It was 335, and I thought to yeah, myself, God, you need a game. dude, we got like no time. We have got to I got a game. factor fiction. I got a game right for now. you. The big one? Tonight. Tonight? Okay, because if you can get me a game, if you can get me a game after 1 o'clock Monday, the Emerald Queen Casino oh, Sportsbook opens at 1 o'clock on Monday with the very first bet. I, am, I, I cannot tell you how tired I am of people asking me and busting my balls, when will this damn thing open up? Well, now we know. It's Monday at 1 o'clock. Oh. Thank freaking God. Guess who's going to be there? Marshawn Lynch is going to be there. Sidney Rice is going to be there. Lawyer Malloy and Edgar Martinez are going to be at the Emerald Queen Casino on Monday. So we're going to get there early to celebrate the opening of the sports book. But if you can find me a game next week, we can throw some money down legally at the Emerald Queen Casino sports book. So I want to get your game in a minute. But this is relevant to the NFL and the Seahawks on Sunday. First of all, you guys know by now, maybe you don't know, that Tyler Lockett and Alex Collins are both in COVID protocol. The NFL today came out with new guidelines for players. Now, there was a little bit of a concern that maybe this would not be retroactive to guys like Lockett and Collins. Apparently, it is. Adam Jude and Tim Booth are tweeting that out today. I think Booth may have gotten it first because Jude doesn't break anything anymore. But I'm kidding, by the way. (laughs) Totally kidding. I wasn't sure. That's why I didn't laugh. (laughs) Well, I got to bust his chops, too. But um, apparently, if Lockett and Collins both have two negative tests the day after going into protocol... They're clear, and they can play in the game on Sunday. So we'll cross our fingers and see what happens with those two guys. However, you know the deal with the Rams, right? They got a bunch of guys. They got 16 players currently on the reserve COVID list. And the Rams say, this is according to Greg Beecham, that they've been in contact with the league to gauge their options in case they don't feel they have enough players to face the Hawks on Sunday. How about that? You don't say. Corbett, brother. Okay? I mean, it, it, it might actually happen like that. The Rams are not anticipating asking for a postponement, but they're gathering information. So I have no idea how this would work. I don't know if there's a forfeit, if it's a postponement. If it is a postponement, we could see the Hawks play the Rams potentially on Monday or maybe on Tuesday. Remember last year, a bunch of games got there moved to a, later in the week. There was a Raven, I believe Ravens-Steelers game that was on on a Wednesday while we were 
at UW, remember? Yes, at yes, like 3 yes. o'clock in the afternoon. It was right. going on the exact right. same time as our show. Weren't there a bunch of games that got moved to midweek last year? Yeah, that one got moved yeah. the, lo- the, the furthest, though. And we have all the way to the last day of the week. We haven't seen one yet this year, I think. I think every game has been played on time and yep. you know all that. But, I mean, this is just something to keep an eye on. There's a chance that this game could get moved. If the Rams are continuing to have this kind of an outbreak, and the outbreak could grow, well, obviously. Well, now you can get multiple te- multiple negatives on the same day and using rapid results tests. So right. that should get a lot more people back than would normally get back. Because remember, Gerald Everett got the shaft because he basically was was cleared, and then they said, well, it wasn't, it wasn't soon enough before the game. Sure. Right? And sure. now it appears like you can literally take a rapid test at – 10 o'clock in the morning, take another rapid test at noon, and you can play at 1. Yeah, well, they're, and they're just like, – look, what they're doing is they're allowing themselves an out if they have a false positive, right? Yes, Meaning yes. if you test positive one day, but you test negative four times the next day, yeah. I think we can all feel pretty comfortable that you had a false positive. That's correct. And the old system didn't account for that, which I find crazy. It was Higby, right, last yes, week? Yes, he had Higby. a false positive too. <laughs> he missed the game on Monday night, didn't even play. With a false positive. So I I don't know how this is not a great thing for the NFL. How can a business like that, that operates on the edge of a knife when it comes to some of these games in the fourth quarter, not put in some kind of mechanism to account for false positives? And they've just done that. They've just done that, and I think it's going to prevent some real problems come playoff time because, as obviously, as we get deeper and deeper into the winter, we're going to get more and more people that have this, and that is going to – the NFL is trying to – eliminate any issues with the playoffs because they cannot have a competitive disadvantage based upon some team going through COVID and another team not. Well, the question is really, I think, becomes from a football perspective, if Tyler Lockett doesn't play in the game on Sunday, what does that mean to the Seahawks' chances? Let's come back and talk about that next. Mike Holmgren's going to be here at the Central Barn Restaurant in Bellevue. He will join us at 4 o'clock today. Uh, we got football at 520. Chiefs and Chargers coming up right here on 950 KJR. NFL, Seattle Sports Radio 950, KJR, and free on the iHeartRadio app. All right, we are back at the Central Barn Restaurant in Bellevue. Uh, Mike Holmgren will join us at 4 o'clock today. Rick Neuheisel is with us, and you talked about Michael Penix Jr., some great thoughts from Rick on that. If you missed it, check out the podcast later on tonight. I can tell you that uh, there might be some coaches from UW that will be retained by Kalen DeBoer. Uh, Kaika Malloy will not be one of them. He was let go on Tuesday, and he's looking for a new gig, uh, hoping to kind of maybe finalize something on the West Coast, so we'll see. But, you know, Kaika was a guy that was instrumental in bringing kids over from Hawaii. There were two, two guys on the coaching staff, Dick, that I would have brought back. For sure, Ikeika was one, and Junior Adams is the other. I think Junior's going to stick around. We'll see on that one. But I know Ikeika. I can tell you right now, he is not going to come back. But he was a—he's—he's he's, he's always a dog. Obviously, he played here yep. back in the day for Lambeau and was big time when it came to recruiting guys out of Hawaii. So, uh, good luck to Ikeika Malloy, one of the great Huskies uh, of all time. No question about that. But the Seahawks on Sunday with the Rams. Uh, Tyler Lockett, Alex Collins, both in COVID protocol. Let's hope they can test negative and get their asses on the field on Sunday. If there is a game, if the Rams can even play, but let's say they do play and Lockett doesn't go. That, to me, seems to be pretty damn significant. Well, how many how many Rams players does Lockett equal? Yeah. That's well, the thing. Would I you mean, trade Jalen like, Ramsey for Tyler Lockett? I don't know if I would, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, they, he's, he's Russell's go-to guy. They, they pretty They've much scored 63 points in the last two games. And he's a big reason because think, of it. I think Tyler Lockett's as important to Seattle as Jalen Ramsey is to L.A. Okay. Yeah, I think that's kind of a wash. Let me ask you this. Go go from the other angle. 
Okay. Who's the most important Seahawk when he's healthy? Russell Wilson. Who's the second most important? Bobby Wagner. Who's third most important? One of those receivers. There you go. <laughs> I mean, so we're talking about a top probably, three guy. And then probably the other receiver. Exactly. <laughs> we're talking about a top three guy. Dwayne Brown. Okay. You know, yeah. left tackle's always that important. Sure. So. And because there's not much behind him. There's no question about that. But if he can't go on Sunday, you know, that's where you start to say, okay, kid, D. Eskridge, it's your show. Yeah. Right? It's your show. Show us why the Seahawks made you a second-round draft pick. Because so far up until this, I mean, really, he hasn't done anything. He was banged up, I know that, and he's taken some time to come back, but he's been back for, like, what, four or five weeks? Yeah, and they used him more last week. I was encouraged to see that. I was not encouraged to see him not running after the fumble, however. I mean, if he doesn't run after the fumble, you're, you know, you, you, give, up a, you give up a turnover right, right there. Right, right. But, you know, I, I, I'm still encouraged by, by what I've seen, and, and every single week it seems like now he's being used more and more. But you're right. If Tyler Lockett's out. That's big. Eskridge, Eskridge plays 40 snaps, probably. He has to. I mean, there's. I mean, why is he here? Again, I mean, I, I've always thought, and maybe Mike can explain this to me, that there's no, you kind of have a concussion, right? Like, there's other injuries you can come back yeah. from. You can play with a sore knee, a sore ankle. You can play with, you know, bruised ribs grade or whatever. One or grade two. Exactly. Yes. You know, a sprain in the shoulder. You can go out there and play, but there's no, he, he's kind of concussed. You're either concussed or you're not. And if D. Eskridge is over the concussion that he got in the Colt game... And there's no reason he can't... Then what are we doing here? Yep. Why isn't this guy getting the ball more? Well, probably because he was out of practice so long, and he's a rookie. I mean, you've got new offense and a rookie, and he's out for the first seven weeks of the season. I mean, that... You're not just going to throw him into 75% snap count if yeah. he hasn't practiced for six weeks. Right, but that was he's been back for a month, yeah, though, now. and we're so starting to see that ramp up a little bit. It feels like now is the time to get this guy going, and I was talking to Ian about this in crosstalk, and maybe I'm being half sarcastic, and maybe I'm being half not, but I, I don't know. I feel like the Hawks are going to win this weekend and then probably lose to the Lions just because that's the way they do things. Right? I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll get up for this game and they'll find a way to, especially if the Rams are, you know, banged up with the COVID guys the way they are. I think this is going to be a war on Sunday, and I would not be shocked at all if the Hawks went down there and stole the win. Maybe I'm just living in fantasy land, and I'm living in the moment after what happened last weekend and the Niner game and the game uh, against, uh, who did they play last week? Houston. Maybe I'm just kind of getting caught up in the buzz, but I don't know, man. There's a big part of me that expects these guys to go to L.A. and get a win. I think Maybe I would be very surprised if the Hawks were down big with five minutes left. Yes, I would too. I would be I would too. very, right. very surprised. I think it's going to be a one-score game, probably with the Rams leading, mm -hmm. and the Seahawks are going to have to do something on offense in the last three minutes to get the win. I, right. I, I, right. Don't, I don't see the Hawks up 10 points with three minutes left to go either. This is going to be a close to the vest. I, I said at the beginning of the week, I like the under. I like the Hawks plus. I mean, now you're only getting five and a half, but at the beginning of the week, you got a full touchdown. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's find out what Mike Holmgren thinks. He's here, and he gets paid a lot of money to give us opinions on topics like that. Next on 950 KG. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway, and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.